0: podcastle episode 328 for september 10th 2014 the old woman with no teeth by patricia russo rated pg hello and welcome back to podcastle i'm dave thompson your host and co-editor Today we have a very special episode for you. So special, it finally unites two of our favorite narrators, Wilson Fowley and M.K. Hobson. Wilson and Hobson, PodCastle's own sons of Buttery Thunder, have been begging to do a story together for a long time now. Just the two of them. Apparently Scott Lynch's in the stacks and Jim C. Hines' Stranger vs. the Malevolent Malignancy, Don't count. Don't ask me. I don't quite get it either, but I guess they thought the rest of us just got in the way of their awesomeness or something. (laughs) Okay, maybe I'm laying on the sarcasm a bit thick. The truth is, it's been really sweet to see how much they've enjoyed working with each other, and how much they really wanted to read an episode together, just the two of them. This little story from Patricia Russo came in, we read it, and wow, it pretty much charmed our socks off. Hopefully it will yours too. And I knew we had to get our very own Sons of Buttery Thunder, Wilson and Hobson, together again for the first time. The Old Woman with No Teeth was originally published in That Bastion of Weirdness, Beauty and Wonder, Clockwork Phoenix Volume 4, edited by Mike Allen. Mike says there's going to be a fifth volume coming out next year, hopefully sometime. I can't wait to see it. Did I mention that Hobson and Wilson had decided to have some children together? No? Hmm. Well, hope you enjoy the story anyway.
1: The Old Woman with No Teeth by Patricia Russo When the old woman with no teeth decided to have children, she didn't go about it in the usual way. Well, really, what else could you expect from The Old Woman with No Teeth? If she ever did anything the usual way, even boiling a pot of water, the world might start spinning widershins on its axis.
2: Now you just stop that. I can read perfectly well, you impudent ragger. Set down what I told you and don't believe all the stories you've heard about me.
1: There are many stories about the old woman with no teeth, but people should not believe all of them. The most popular one is that she wore away her teeth by chewing a tunnel to the six-sided world. Nobody knows if this story is true. Many people have looked for the passageway she is supposed to have gnawed through reality, but none of the venturers have managed to pinpoint it.
2: None of the ones who've come back, you mean. Silly bastards.
1: Another common story about the old woman with no teeth is that she once drank the river on a bet, and then spewed it out again after she caught a cold, which is why all the fish in the river taste of phlegm, no matter how one prepares them. Fried... Baked, boiled, poached, in hundred herb sauce.
2: You ragged little ragger, stop wittering about fish recipes. Besides, the fish always tasted like that. I had nothing to do with it. People always blame me for everything.
1: People always blamed the old woman with no teeth for everything, which was not fair. Most of the time she kept herself to herself in her cavern in the mountains, where she made thunderstorms and sweaters and silver jewelry and high tides, magic whips that could seek out all the thieves in a crowd and give each one a good hiding, sandals for three-legged dogs, and sour-bark lozenges that would cure a cough inside of a year. She lived in this simple way for ages and ever, not bothering anybody and wishing that people would stop bothering her, until one afternoon of soft rain and citron skies the notion came into her head that she would like to have children. Children, of course, are a comfort and support in one's old age, but the old woman with no teeth had reached-in fact, surpassed-old age aeons ago. The only person in the known world older than the old woman with no teeth was Aunt Faraway and Aunt Faraway had retired to a rented room in a sketchy part of the city, where she sat in an armchair and drank tea all day. Stop it this instant. I don't want that person in my story. The old woman with no teeth had many stories. This one is strictly about children. She wanted some because she was lonely and bored, and desired to pass on her vast and unique knowledge to others who would continue making sweaters and thunderstorms and sour bark lozenges after she had wriggled through the passage to the six-sided world for the last time Nonsense Don't you remember what I told you You didn't really go into specifics on this part and you know Aunt Faraway does come into the account All
2: she did was wave from her window big deal
1: When the old woman with no teeth made her decision to have children, she went to the city, for children, indeed any living beings other than blind snakes and naked rats, are difficult to come across in caverns. I don't understand why you didn't just get yourself a cat or something.
2: Cats can take care of themselves.
1: The old woman with no teeth wanted something she could take care of. Naturally, children need to be taken care of. In fact, one might say that that is the primary characteristic of children. Hence, when the concept of caretaking first came into the mind of the old woman with no teeth, the image that accompanied it was that of younglings and kiddies, little bundles of energy and giggles, nightmares and quick-drying tears, hugs and kisses, and lisped words of love.
2: This fancy stuff is getting on my nerves. I just wanted a little company.
1: The old woman with no teeth found that she longed for company in her mountain lair, and so came to the city. She had a look at a couple of orphanages and a school or two and quickly came to the realization that children were more trouble than they were worth.
2: That's better, but I wouldn't say I longed for anything.
1: The old woman with no teeth did not long for company. She merely thought it would be nice to have some. Children would not suit her, but there were plenty of other people in the city who needed to be taken care of. The old woman with no teeth walked about for a while. If folks recognized her, they had the sense to keep their mouths shut. She was not stopped by any municipal authorities, or bothered by autograph hunters. Her wanderings took her past the rundown building in the rundown part of the city where a previously mentioned individual had a room. This individual waved from her window. She waved in a particular direction. The old woman with no teeth thought it over for a moment, and then decided to go that way.
2: I was headed there anyway.
1: The old woman with no teeth was headed toward Adams Park anyway, so she continued on her already chosen path. In the park she saw a sign she had never noticed before, not in the park nor anywhere else. The sign read, Be alert for elderly people. Be alert for elderly people, she thought. What an odd sign. She imagined hordes of ravening, white-haired half-deads shambling through the bushes and lurking behind the heaps of trash on the walking paths. She pictured gangs of knife-wielding seniors, slitting the throats of the middle-aged. She—
2: I pictured nothing of the sort. I imagined nothing of the kind. If you keep on with this claptrap, I will go back to the underpass settlement and find another starveling scrivener. Do you hear me?
1: The old woman with no teeth made no hasty assumptions or judgments. "'She took great care as she walked through the park "'and applied her vast intelligence "'to come to an understanding of the meaning of the sign. "'There were many elderly people in the park. "'Some of them were sitting on benches. "'Some of them were simply standing. "'Some of them seemed to know each other as they were chatting. "'Some were clearly strangers to the rest, "'as they kept silent and bore expressions of discomfort, "'as when one finds oneself at a party "'at which one does not recognize a single other guest.' The old woman, with no teeth, cautiously, but with kindness, asked several of the elderly people what they were doing in the park. She heard the same tale from each. A law had been passed at the end of the most recent legislative session. Elderly people, unaccompanied by family members or attendants, were now required to restrict themselves to certain areas of the city. Adams Park was in bounds, so those who lived in the vicinity took themselves there on pleasant days, as it was better than staying at home and staring at the walls. The old woman with no teeth thought this was a dreadful law. The elderly people in the park agreed, but explained that it had been passed in order to make the city more attractive to tourists. The old woman with no teeth did not think this was a very good reason to do such a thing.
2: What are you stopping for?
1: just to see if I got that bid right.
2: Everything except for that part about kindness.
1: The old woman with no teeth thought logically and dispassionately, and then made the elderly people in the park an offer. Would they come with her, she asked, and be her children? The elderly ladies and gentlemen in the park were rather surprised by the proposal, and several of them refused outright, and others asked for time to think it over, but a good hundred or so accepted. They all recognized her, of course, and a life in a mountain cavern with the old woman with no teeth, who could make sandals for three-legged dogs and extremely useful whips, was a more appealing proposition than exile in one's own native city. I should think so, too. Thus it came about that the old woman with no teeth led her flock of children out of the park, and if a municipal warder gave them a glance, and more than one did, then the old woman with no teeth had a repertoire of glances much more intimidating than any in a security man or woman's arsenal. No one interfered with their progress. They passed the run-down building where a certain previously mentioned individual lived. She was still at the window. She waved again and smiled. <clears throat> THE OLD WOMAN WITH NO TEETH CALLED UP A WIND OF CUSHIONS, A WIND OF PILLOWS, AND THE HUNDRED CHILDREN SHE HAD GATHERED WERE WAFTED IN COMFORT TO THEIR NEW HOME. THEY HAVE SETTLED IN QUITE WELL, DESPITE A FEW squabbles HERE AND THERE, NOW AND THEN. THE OLD WOMAN WITH NO TEETH RUNS A TIGHT SHIP, OR CAVERN.
2: I HOLD NO ONE AGAINST THEIR WILL.
1: THE OLD WOMAN WITH NO TEETH HOLDS NO ONE AGAINST HIS OR HER WILL. HER CHILDREN ARE CONTENT WITH THEIR NEW ACCOMMODATIONS AND THEIR NEW LIVES. She has even begun to teach some of them a few of the simpler workings for which she is so renowned. The old woman with no teeth is content as well, for she has plenty of company and more than enough people to take care of. And so, everybody will live happily ever after until they die. Why did you put that last word in? To be truthful. All right, leave it. Here's your payment. You can go now. Much obliged. There's one more thing. I have a message from that previously mentioned individual.
2: I don't want to hear that woman's name.
1: But would you care to know the message?
2: Damn busybody, always poking her nose in. How did she get this message to you?
1: She whispered it in my dreams.
2: Ah, she never could leave well enough alone, that one. Very well. What does she want to tell me? That she's going to climb up here and make my life a misery again?
1: No. She said to tell you, well done. And that the next time she sees you, if there is a next time, she will kiss your hand if you will allow it. She will kiss your lips if you will allow that.
2: She's got a nerve, but then she always did. Go, you ragger, you tattered scribe, but take this warning with you. Do not go around telling people I have been kind. I will find out if you do, and I will make you very sorry for telling such a monstrous lie.
1: You have my word.
2: Go. The children are hungry. I must get their dinner prepared.
1: If you should ever require my services again...
2: Don't hold your breath. Then I shall take
1: my leave. Wait. Yes? Thank you. It has been a great pleasure.
2: Right. <laughs> I'll believe that when birds fly upside down and the shadows of the sour bark trees blaze red.
1: Have you not heard... Those things have already happened in the county to the north.
2: Get out of here before I lose my temper.
1: Of course. But I hear the old children crying.
2: I told you they are
1: hungry. I can cook, as well as set down words in a noter. Old woman with no teeth? I would rather not go back to the city. I am close to being old myself. Do you not have room for one more child?' THE OLD WOMAN WITH NO TEETH THOUGHT FOR A LONG TIME.
2: STOP WRITING.
1: THE OLD WOMAN WITH NO TEETH WEIGHED THE ADVANTAGES AND DISADVANTAGES. SHE DIDN'T TRUST THE RAGGED SCRIBE SHE'D HIRED FROM THE JOSTLING LIARS IN THE underpass SETTLEMENT.
2: STOP WRITING THIS SECOND, AND GIVE ME THAT NOTER.
1: VERY WELL. NOW GO. AS YOU WISH, BUT I WOULD LIKE TO COME BACK SOME DAY.
2: People don't always get what they want. In fact, they usually don't.
1: You did. That gives a person a certain degree of hope.
2: Only children believe that hope is a good thing.
1: Fair enough. I will think of you each time there is a thunderstorm, and every time I cough.
2: (laughs) Just for that, you're going to walk the whole way back to the city.
1: I expected no less.
2: Wait. It is too dark to start down the mountain now. You will leave in the morning.
1: Whatever you say.
2: The first thing in the morning.
1: Absolutely. Don't get any ideas. Absolutely not. All right.
2: Get inside, and if you call this kindness, I will plant you head down in a bog of blistering mud.
1: I'd never dream of saying such a thing.
2: Move before I change my mind. Wait. Yes... Thank you. Move your legs, not your mouth. Ha, got you now. Oh, a nod. Well, nod if you like. Shake your head if you like. I am the old woman with no teeth, and tomorrow I might just decide to send you all back where you came from. Did I hurt you when I grabbed your arm? Do not expect an apology. We cannot ever truly change what we are. You'll find that out if you live long enough.
1: I think, though, that sometimes we can... Ouch! Told you.
0: And welcome back. Oh, can I get a hug? There's always room for one more child, no matter how old. Sometimes I think we old farts need that as much as the young whippersnappers do. When I die and go to heaven, or the retirement home, I hope Hobson and Wilson are there to claim me as one of theirs. Thanks for the story, Patricia. Feedback this week is, oh, hey, this is odd. M.K. Hobson's Baba Makash, read by Eric Luke. This was the story of Russian soldiers on the road to hell. Literally. You play the ACDC? I'll read the comments. Dr. Bob said, awesome story. Awesome story. This one had me at Bolsheviks and going to hell. I loved how the ruthlessness of the commander contrasted with the equally dangerous but more human ruthlessness of the Winter King. The repeated pairing of opposites human versus God, man versus nature, communist versus merchant, weak versus strong made this a powerful work. MK has outdone herself, which is no small feat. I can't stop thinking about it. Bravo, bravo. Devoted 135 concurred and said, M.K. Hobson never fails to bring it. Boy, don't I know it. I'm working on a theory that Baba Makash was actually orchestrating the whole story from the moment the advance team showed up at her table. She took a liking to our narrator because he still remembered the old ways, but held no love for any of the other men. She also wouldn't mind a break, not a permanent one, mind, from her winter husband because he's been pretty short-tempered lately. So, she doesn't interfere with the battle and lets the commander think he's won. In fact, she plays into exactly what he expects of her, lulling him into complacence so that he lets her ask the narrator to play. This gives her the chance to bring down the mountain all around them, saving only the narrator. She gets an early spring and some amusement seeing her winter husband brought down a peg. Pretty clever. Nice. Well, thank you very much to everyone who commented on the story. Swing by and let us know what you thought of this week's episode at forum.escapeartist.net. And if you like what we're doing, please consider hitting us up at podcastle.org, putting some money in our hat. Don't worry, we don't bite. We don't have any teeth, remember? We do use those donations to pay our authors and keep our podcastle flying high, broadcasting out the best, most unique, diverse fantasy fiction we can find from our friendly neighborhood tentacled castle which does have teeth, I'm pretty sure, for the record. Well, that was our show for this week. We do hope you enjoyed it. On behalf of all of us here at Podcastle, Peter Wood, LaShawn Wanick, Graham Dunlop, Sarah Goldman, Arun Jiwa, and my good old buddy and bestest co-editor ever, Anna Schwend, thank you so much for letting us share another story with you. It's been a delight. We'll be back next week with a tale from the high seas featuring pirates penned by none other than Naomi Novik. Until then, don't you dare go around telling people we're kind. We will find out if you do, and then we won't end up kissing your hand or your lips or other places. We'll just have to find ourselves a new Scribbler. Got it? Good. We'll see you next time.
2: PodCastle is a production of Escape Artists Incorporated and is distributed on a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Share it, but don't change it or sell it. Our theme music is by Shiva in Exile. You can find them at magnatune.com. And if you like science fiction or horror, be sure to visit our sister podcasts, Escape Pod and Pseudopod. And if you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend or post to your blog about it or consider donating via the PayPal link on our site.
0: We're going to close today with a quote from Fyodor Dostoevsky, who said, The soul is healed by being with children. I'd just add, children of all ages. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.